Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your Market View. Now, the mobility retail landscape is at the heart of our discussion on this segment today. Uh, the global retail industry, as we know it, has been fundamentally disrupted by the rise in e-commerce over the last 20 years or so, changing the way businesses interact and build relations with their consumers. But one segment of that industry that was relatively unaffected by this trend, according to McKinsey, was the fuel retail industry, because it's just not feasible to sell gasoline over the internet. Fast forward to 20 years later, even the fuel retail industry is facing challenges of its own, as the rapid adoption of electric vehicles is set to substantially decrease fuel sales. Now, still with drivers also spending more time to charge their vehicles, can patrol station operators and mobility retailers make up for the decrease in fuel sales by existing up retail offerings? And how would the positioning of mobility firms change as the world heads into a more sustainable energy future? Now, for more, let's speak to Min Yi Tan, Senior VP of Shell's Global Mobility Network. Hi, Min Yi, how are you? Hi, hi, Tintin. Thanks for inviting me to this radio chat. And great to have you as well. Uh, Min Yi, appreciate if you could share with us more about the work you do at Shell's Global Mobility Network because I understand you oversee a global portfolio, over 46,000 stations and 100,000 charge points in 80 countries. So tell us more about that. Well, Tentian, it is um, indeed a privilege and a responsibility to be able to oversee enterprise acquisitions as well as the whole asset lifecycle management of our global footprint. It essentially allows us to look at network planning all the way to engineering, construction, maintenance, the entire investment life cycle. But what is important for us is constantly to strive to answer two fundamental questions. What do the customers want and where do they want them? And these are the two challenging questions that we seek to respond. But what is close to my heart are two things. One is about getting into lower carbon infrastructure building and also building e-mobility capabilities as we go forward. Mm. So as we talk about uh, setting up stations, patrol stations, charge points in these countries, what are the future trends in transport as the world moves towards a more sustainable energy future? When you look at the trends, uh, there are many, many areas that we need to take into account. What we do know is there will not be a single fuel type that dominates. By 2030, we project a third of car sales to be EVs. But it also means that we have petrol and diesel and maybe some hydrogen still there. And so we seek to provide a suite of solutions for our customers. What is also important trend-wise is digitalization. It will enable what we can imagine today, autonomous connected cars. It will enable today what we can see, right hailing, right sharing. What we want to do as InShell is to really to be the last mile mobility partner of choice. We also want to be an energy one-stop shop for our customers. Another trend that is equally important and consequential is actually mobility as a service. And we've got to think about how this can actually connect private and public systems together, making it more convenient for motorists to reach destinations with less congestions and so on. But if I switch to the e-mobility front, you can expect greater confidence. Driver confidence, range anxiety will be addressed over time, mainly because of two things. One is really about charging infrastructure. 
The other one is really about EV car sales. That is going to be a reality. The question is how fast. And you can imagine that today mm. we have moved from 3 million car sales, EV car sales in 2020, right. and we are expecting about 10 times more by 2030. Many you talk about a more sustainable energy future and also the rise in adoption of EVs. And I wanted to find out how is Shell positioning itself in electric mobility and what kind of progress is Shell making in contribution to the emerging EV ecosystem? Tintin, this is an important question for us that we have been asking ourselves for several years. And if I take a step back, what we want to do is to lead in the mobility arena. And that means that we want to be able to provide a suite of lower carbon solutions to our customers in every market that we serve. That is one, but equally important is about extending convenience products and services to our customers because that it allows us to go forth with the mobility offer of the future. So a suite of solutions, convenience retailing, but going towards e-mobility front, what we want to do is really to invest in charging infrastructure. It also means that we also want to get EV charging to be as convenient as possible to our customers at home, in a workplace, and even on the go network. But what is important, uh, Tintin, is not just talking. We are putting our money where our mouth is. We are actually buying companies. And over the last five years, you might have heard about our various acquisitions from New Motion in Europe, to Green Lots in the US, to Cable Energia in Spain, um, SBRS, which I just recently led last year for an acquisition in Germany, and Ubitricity in, in UK. So we are trying to build our capabilities to satisfy our customers as well. Hmm. And closer to home, uh, Mini, I understand Shell has bought an 80% stake in the China BYD unit that operates EV charging stations. Tell us more about uh, that and the rationale behind the move. Also, can we expect more of such partnerships with charging operators here in Singapore? I think you hit the nail on the head. The one word that we recognize is partnerships because we recognize that despite our scale and breadth, that we are actually unable to succeed by doing this alone. And hence, the new mobility systems will require partnerships, unprecedented partnerships across the ecosystem. And when you look at BYD, this is one area that we are very excited. I mean, they are our strategic partner, not just in China, but in Europe and, and around the world. We have actually decided to play to our strengths. And hence the partnership, we acquire and invest into charging infrastructure. We, infrastructure, we support the EV car sales that way, and the customers hopefully are able to get a more rewarding and enjoyable experience as we go forth. So that essentially is the way we are focusing in terms of partnerships. And, and frankly, this goes beyond BYD. And on the OEM area, it is BYD, it is with Hyundai, BMW, and so on. But we also look at partnerships in other areas, payment areas, logistics areas, and so on. At the end of the day, it is about an end-to-end -end coverage in order to go forward with such changes. What, what is important is in the energy transition, which will last years, we need to be able to harness our strengths in order to go forward on our agenda together. 
Mm. Oh, I see. And uh, well, Mingyi, first of all, I'm just going to put two questions together in the interest of time. One is, uh, what are some partnerships that we can expect in Singapore? And two is that uh, as we move away from petrol to EV charging, what this means is that fuel costs perhaps will be lower because EV, uh, EV charging fees are lower. Uh, and what it means is also that customers are spending more time to charge their cars as compared to just, you know, filling their cars with petrol and uh, pick up a couple of items in the minimart and off they go. So to what extent do you think uh, this change is an opportunity for you to zest up your retail offerings and boost non-fuel revenue? I, I, I smile about this question, uh, Tintin, because it is quite a fundamental question for many of us several years ago when we look at the business strategically. The demise of the fuse retailing, um, I would say, has been grossly exaggerated. And you can see us actually pivoting and transforming our business, our conventional business, as we get into even um, lower carbon solutions for our customers. And that, that to me is important because when we pivot and we transform, we are also playing to our strengths. And so to your question about Singapore, to your questions about fuse retailing, what we want to do is to allow and help our customers recharge as they recharge their vehicles in future. But that is not enough. It is not just about providing lower carbon solutions, lower carbon fuels, um, electricity, hydrogen, biofuels. It is also providing extended convenience. And extended convenience can be in different ways. It depends on how we leverage our retail footprint, how we change the format that we have, how we provide different offers to our customers. And as you can see, what we offer in Singapore will be quite different from what we offer in Philippines and also quite different from what we offer in UK. So different offers for different strokes for different folks, I would say. Before we get into uh, what's going on with Shell Philippines, I want to just briefly touch on this one point, which is how important do you think non-fuel revenue will be as EV becomes or EV charging becomes a mainstay? Convenience retailing has been and will be increasingly, increasingly important to us. I mean, when we look at mobility, we are actually looking at not just providing petrol and diesel. We are looking at providing lower carbon solutions, a suite of them. We are also looking at providing convenience and it can come in many forms. It is not just about food, it is about coffee, it is about fast moving items, it is about lubricants, services, it's even about car washes. So at the end of the day, you might notice that we are trying to transform our service stations that we call today into mobility destinations. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Mingyi Tan, Senior VP of Shell's Global Mobility Network. Well, Mingyi, I understand that just now you touched on Shell Philippines, and Shell Philippines is very active in terms of boosting its retail offerings. And in fact, Shell wants uh, 550 of its 1,300, 1,400 stations, about a third of stations in the Philippines in 2025 to have retail offerings ranging from Jollibee, McDonald's, Starbucks, Adidas. And non-fuel retail earnings could grow at least 15% a year and provide a quarter of sales. Tell us more about those plans and what can we expect in Singapore? I have to say this is, again, another topic close to me. And the reason for that is, um, as the chairman of the board in Pilipinas Shell, uh, we see mobility in Philippines as the most important or largest um, um, business going forward. And, and as you can see, we are also 
trying to grow partners at the front end. So partnerships does not necessarily just mean vehicle partnerships and so on. You can see that what we want to do is, at the end of the day, about providing enjoyable customer experience. This sounds like a buzzword, but we, we actually partner Adidas, we partner Jollibee, McDonald's, I mean, different partners in different sites so that it caters to the customers of that area. If I bring you back to home, in Singapore, that is also what we have done. We have three McDonald's um, together with us in our sites. We, we've gone through quite an interesting um, uh, permitting process to do so, but I think it satisfies the customers there and beyond the motorists that we serve. And so partnerships in many ways are the name of the game for us. It's the name of the game for us. Hmm. One question, though, is that uh, in Philippines, maybe due to the size of the country, you might have uh, service areas and all that. But is it worthwhile to replicate that kind of retail offerings in Singapore, given the relative size of the country and given the fact that you can find basically shopping malls almost everywhere you go? Well, good question. And, and this, is, this is, I would say, something that we need to crack. The short answer to this is absolutely. It is really about different formats. It is really about different offers. And Singapore motorists are not the same as uh, motorists in Malaysia, UK or, or Philippines, but there are also common needs. So we believe in offering core areas as well as extended products and services depending on the demographics of that area. So the short answer is definitely yes. We try to also do so by looking at the size of our footprint. On a site-by-site -site basis, we also cater to that. And so looking at the real estates that we have, of course, the bigger, the better. But given Singapore's um, service station sizes, we will adapt accordingly in order to provide the necessary um, uh, services and products that the, the customers require. Hmm. And one big question that's probably on our listeners' mind as well, uh, what are the next immediate plans for Shell's global mobility network for you as we kickstart 2023? And back home in Singapore, any new offerings that we can expect? Anything that you can tease at the moment? I would say let's start from home. And Singapore is an area I am very excited. You might have heard about our recent, um, let's call it, clinching of Two of the ten, two out of ten um, HDB uh, lots, car park lots that have been in the market by uh, tendered by LTA, um, we are now going to provide going forward almost five thousand charge points at north and northeast area of Singapore. Um, that constitutes about twenty percent of um, the public uh, tender lots that we have, and I think that is in itself, proof of the pudding of what we intend to do. It is not just the traditional business that we know, but going forward, it is also about the immobility requirements. But what is important for us going forward, uh, Tintin, really is about collaboration. We need massive collaboration in order to make the difference. In Shell, we are determined to play a pivotal role in decarbonizing mobility. But the challenge for us is it is more than just about investing in charging infrastructure. It is really about changing mindsets. It's also about investing in people and systems. 
All right. Thank you very much, Minnie, for joining us. That was Minnie Tan, Senior Vice President of Shell's Global Mobility Network. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.